This is your Times Daily World Briefing for Saturday the 10th of September. I'm Laura Cook. And I'm Nkem Ifejika. Charles III gives his first public address before being formally proclaimed as king. As you begin your last great journey to join my dear late papa, I want simply to say this. Thank you. And a new national anthem rings out for the first time in 70 years. Times of London Daily World Briefing. We start with the first address of the United Kingdom's new monarch. King Charles III delivered his address in the Blue Room of Buckingham Palace on Friday, just a day after Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II passed away. Dressed in a black suit and black tie, with a black and white check pocket square, the King sat behind a wooden table with a portrait of Queen Elizabeth resting on it. He paid tribute to the Queen. As you begin your last great journey to join my dear late papa, I want simply to say this. Thank you. Thank you for your love and devotion to our family and to the family of nations you have served so diligently all these years. May flights of angels sing thee to thy rest. King Charles also thanked his wife and promoted his son William and declared his love for his second son Harry and his wife. Today I am proud to create him Prince of Wales to Wasog Cymru, the country whose title I've been so greatly privileged to bear during so much of my life and duty. With Catherine beside him, our new Prince and Princess of Wales will, I know, continue to inspire and lead our national conversations. I want also to express my love for Harry and Meghan as they continue to build their lives overseas. The King also promised to serve the people just as his mother had. As the Queen herself did with such unswerving devotion, I too now solemnly pledge myself, throughout the remaining time God grants me, to uphold the constitutional principles at the heart of our nation. And wherever you may live in the United Kingdom or in the realms and territories across the world, and whatever may be your background or beliefs, I shall endeavour to serve you with loyalty, respect and love, as I have throughout my life. With the closing line of the address, the Times of London's royal correspondent, Valentine Lowe, says King Charles applied the right balance. If he mentioned William in his address and not Harry, that would have been picked up by everybody. I think he got it right. He loves his son. He absolutely does. And he, I think he's very hurt and, and pained and puzzled by the, by the whole um, falling out with Harry. And he would dearly, dearly love uh, to repair that relationship. So it, it, it'll take time, but I, but I think he did the right thing. Following King Charles III's first address, he has now been formally proclaimed as the new monarch in an historic ceremony on Saturday. A group known as the Accession Council met to proclaim him as the new king. The council consists of the Privy Council and other officials from the countries where the king is the head of state. 
Professor Andrew Blick is from the Constitutional Society at King's College London. He explained the process to Times Radio. As has become clear, when one monarch uh, passes away, the session is instantaneous. So the moment that, that one monarch is no longer with us, the new one, King Charles III, immediately became monarch. So that has happened. He's already king. That's already done. That's all in, in line with, with various acts of parliament and traditions. However, although he is in the role, the, the process is going is to formally declare this to be the case. The Privy Council has existed for a long time. A historic body that goes back to the days of the medieval monarchy, consisting of the senior advisors around the monarch. A lot of the people on, on the Privy Council are former or current cabinet ministers. Uh, one of the reasons that cabinet ministers all get appointed to the Privy Council is because there's an oath for the Privy Councillor that requires them to be uh, discreet, to uh, keep public business secret. But there are also a lot of our senior public figures who come to be pointed on it. For instance, the Archbishop of Canterbury will be a member of the Privy Council. There are various other people. Professor Blick says it's rare for so many members of the Privy Council to meet in this manner. Once you're appointed, you're, you're on it for life, and it doesn't necessarily involve very many tasks. You, I think there are about 700 people on it in total. They never meet as a single group. How could they? And, off, and it may just be an honorific duty, but this is one time when all members of the Privy Council potentially could, could end up being involved in the ceremony. I think there's going to be about 200 taking part today. They can't have the full number. But this is the largest gathering you're going to get of, of members of the Privy Council actually doing something of formal, formal job. The most important task they can do is formally confirming a monarch. The event was televised for the first time. Once a proclamation has been made, similar declarations will be made in the City of London and around the nation over the course of the next day to tell the people what has happened and that Charles is the new king. A coronation ceremony will take place at a later date. Across the country, flags which were lowered for mourning of the late Queen were raised until Sunday, when flags will return to half-mast. The House of Commons will once again sit on Saturday to allow senior MPs to take the oath of allegiance to King Charles III, and members of the Cabinet will travel to Buckingham Palace for their first meeting with the King. First time the national anthem God Save the King has been sung officially in more than 70 years. Thousands of mourners, some dressed in black, queued for hours to find a seat at Friday night's service of remembrance and prayer at St Paul's Cathedral in London. Among the 2,000 people in attendance, these mourners explained why they wanted to be there. She's a remarkable lady and I just felt I had to be here. I'm 57 years old, so I've only ever known the Queen. And now we've got a King, so um, it's just um, a day to be remembered. The Queen represented a time of absolute stability, really. And we just felt we wanted to remember her properly. The UK Prime Minister, Liz Truss, gave a reading from St Paul's letter to the Romans. We do not live to ourselves and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Before the Archbishop of Canterbury closes service with this blessing. God grant to the living grace, to the departed rest, to the church, 
the King, the Commonwealth and all people, peace and concord. Earlier in the day, King Charles shook hands and greeted the crowds gathered outside Buckingham Palace, with one woman even planting a kiss on his cheek with permission. There were cheers and shouts of God save the King for His Majesty, who was joined by Camilla, the Queen Consort. There was even a spontaneous singing of God Save the King. Bells could be heard ringing out at Westminster Abbey, St Paul's Cathedral and in Windsor during the day in tribute to Her Late Majesty. As 96 round gun salutes were held from Stonehenge to Edinburgh Castle, marking every year of the Queen's life. The King also met with the UK Prime Minister during the day and a special session of both Houses of Parliament was held. Political divisions put to one side for Westminster to reflect and remember. The Commons Speaker, Sir Lindsay Hoyle, led the tributes. As the longest serving monarch this country has known, she would have been assured of a notable entry in our history books, even were it not for the magnificence in which she undertook the role as Queen but for a magnificent service, and what a service that entailed. Tributes to Her Majesty have come from Prime Ministers past and present. As well as heartfelt expressions of sorrow, there were moments where the Queen's sense of humour was remembered. The former UK Prime Minister Theresa May shared an anecdote about a picnic at Balmoral. I picked up some cheese, put it on a plate and was transferring it to the table. The cheese fell on the floor. <laughs> I had a split-second decision to make. <laughs> I picked up the cheese, put it on the plate and put it on the table. And I turned round to see that my every move had been watched very carefully by Her Majesty the Queen. I looked at her, she looked at me, and she just smiled. Times of London Daily World Briefing on the way, the UK prepares for the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II and the world of entertainment pays tribute to her memory. We look now at what happens over the coming days. The Queen's funeral will take place at Westminster Abbey, the first funeral service at the Abbey for a British monarch since that of George II in 1760. But first, the coffin will lie at rest at St Giles' Cathedral in Edinburgh. This happens before she is moved to London because Her Majesty passed away at Balmoral in Scotland. The Times of London's political correspondent, John Boothman, is in Edinburgh, where preparations are underway to accommodate the world's media. On Monday, the King will be, King Charles III will be in Edinburgh. Uh, there will be a service in St Giles as the Queen, uh, having rested in Holyrood Palace, is brought to St Giles. Uh, the public will be able to to pay their respects. Uh, they will, as I say, also uh, be out in the streets to do that. After this period, the coffin will then be flown to London, where hundreds of thousands of people will be allowed to file past over a period of four days lying in state at Westminster Hall. In nine days' time, the funeral will be held at Westminster Abbey. In a break from tradition, the Queen decided that hers should be in the more public surroundings of the Abbey, where the coronation of every English monarch has been held since William I in 1066. World leaders will be attending the service. US President Joe Biden has told reporters that he will be there. I just stopped by the British Embassy to sign the condolence book in her honor. I had the opportunity to meet her before she passed, and she was an incredibly gracious and decent woman. And the thoughts and prayers of the American people 
are with the people of the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth in their grief. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. With the latest on how sporting fixtures are affected, here's John Jackson. As sporting figures, clubs and nations continue to pay their respects to Queen Elizabeth II following her death on Thursday, sporting events in the United Kingdom this weekend have been heavily affected. All English, Welsh and Northern Irish football and senior Scottish football has been postponed, including the start of the Women's Super League season. Serena Viegman, the England women's manager, called Her Majesty the inspiration for all girls and women thanks to her unrelenting work ethic, leadership, dignity and kindness. Men's manager Gareth Southgate added that she provided us with stability and reassurance in the best and also most difficult of times. England's test cricket match against South Africa will resume today, as will the Rugby Union Premiership, while the Queen's beloved horse racing will recommence on Sunday. Lord Coe paid his tribute to Her Majesty, explaining that she was an inseparable part of the successful bid to bring the Olympics to London in 2012. The Times Daily World Briefing Entertainment The world of entertainment has been paying tribute to Her Majesty with artists remembering the honour of performing for her. Dolly Parton has been leading the tributes, praising her grace and strength. Sharing a picture of the pair, Parton recalled their meeting more than four decades ago. Diana Ross, Dionne Warwick and Barbara Streisand have also been sharing their memories. Diana Ross recalling her pride at performing during the recent Platinum Jubilee celebrations, where she appeared alongside British talent including Sir Rod Stewart. She added she devoted her life to her country and to the service of others. The official Twitter account of Frank Sinatra, who met the Queen in 1958 and 1983 before his death in 1998, also sent condolences. The short tribute read, Rest in peace, Queen Elizabeth II. Her legacy, integrity and grace will forever live in our hearts. And finally, with the huge numbers of flowers being laid at royal residences, a memorial flower garden is being created in London's Green Park on Saturday, which will then become the main designated place for laying flowers near Buckingham Palace. The government and royal household have asked that no flowers, wreaths or tributes be sent directly to royal residences, government offices or to the location of the Queen's funeral. Flowers can also be laid in specific sites close to the other royal residences at Balmoral, Windsor and Sandringham and at Hillsborough Castle in Belfast, the Palace of Holyrood House in Edinburgh and at the entrance to Cardiff's City Hall. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Saturday the 10th of September. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.